friends. Welcome to the Innovative Economy, where we discover the future of money, markets, and payments, and how to thrive in the new disruptive financial technology. Today, we have a very special guest, Stephen Ehrlich. He's a brokerage and market structure veteran who founded Lightspeed Financial, a retail broker dealer, where he was responsible for eight major acquisitions. Stephen was also the CEO of E-Trade Professional Trading, LLC, the professional trading arm of E-Trade Financial, which was also purchased by Lightspeed in 2006. Please welcome CEO of Voyager, the crypto broker, Steve Ehrlich. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Happy to be here uh, and talk more about crypto. All right, great. Well, I'm glad to have you here. And I know our listeners are, are glad to learn more about what's going on. And so I wanted to ask you a very first question. Tell us about your professional background and experience in digital finance. Oh, wow. Geez. Uh, I like <laughs> I could take a whole half hour in its own right now. Uh, and I say that only because I'm the gray hair in the room when it comes to all this stuff. I've been in the uh, financial markets for 25 years. So Got my start in 94, uh, you know, probably some of your listeners weren't even born at that point, uh, but uh, got my start in 94 at a traditional institutional brokerage firm. We sold it to E-Trade in 1999, so I became part of the revolution of online brokerage in 1999, the early, early stages, which was wow. just phenomenal. Great time to learn everything about how to online, you know, everything related to online brokerage and infrastructure. Uh, started my own unit as a buyout, a management buyout out of E-Trade in 2006 and renamed it Lightspeed Financial. Three short years, we grew from $8 million of revenue to 80. Uh, we actually wound up doing, yeah, 450,000 trades per day uh, in 2012, third largest in the U.S. Uh, so people, it, was, it, was a, it was a lot of fun in a crazy time because if, if people remember uh, 2008, 2009, was the mortgage crisis and a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so so after a while, I sold that to private equity uh, firms and took a took a little bit of a break. Learned a little about about APIs and API brokerage. Uh, then was introduced to my co-founders at Voyager, uh, fellows by the name of Gaspar Dedruzzi, who started a really successful company called Trade It. Philip Aton, who started a successful company called Pager. And our most notable guy, Oscar Salazar, who many listeners will know, was the founding CTO of Uber. And we came together to build, to build Voyager. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. So is that how you made your leap into crypto? I was following it for a bit. Uh, big CNBC watcher for years, because been in the markets for years. Yeah. And so I was learning a lot about it. And when we came together, I just took a really deep dive into the market structure of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin especially, and felt with the team we had that we could build a really good value proposition for retail consumers starting in the US. So that's how I took my leap, yeah. Wow, wow, that's amazing. So you actually work with institutions and consumers. We're definitely different than the, than the average player in the crypto space. Our core products are an iOS and Android app that is straight to consumers. It's called the Voyager app. Uh, but we also have built an entire suite of APIs where the Voyager app is the biggest user that we distribute to other uh, businesses like Market Rebellion from Pete and John to Jerry at 
uh, avant-garde trading out of Chicago. Uh, my old business, uh, Lightspeed Professional Trading Solutions Sterling Technologies. So crypto is embedded in their systems. Yes, yeah, so we have a pretty robust uh, enterprise business as well as direct to consumers. Wow, well that's great. And so right now, what inspired you then to go into this arena uh, with Voyager? I have a tendency when everyone zigs, I zag. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it gets me in trouble sometimes, uh, you know, because you're trying to see things that others may not be seeing and people, you know, the doubt comes in, even sometimes self-doubt, like am I making the right decision? But, uh, you know, we, I, I saw something that was building and when I built Lightspeed, I went headfirst into direct access and day traders when everyone else was kind of getting rid of that type of business and the big online brokers. The same yeah. thing like crypto is the future. Digital assets are really the future. Uh, and so I was like, you know, no one's really digging in the way we are. So let's go that route. Let's try something different. All right. Well, good. You're a trailblazer. Uh, I'm more of a Knicks fan than a Blazer fan, but that's okay. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your time at E-Trade and Lightspeed. Well, E-Trade was phenomenal. Seven years at, in, in one of the leading online brokerages in a time when online brokerage was still building, learned a lot about how to market, how to get the product to, to the marketplace, but at the same time, how to build a really efficient clearing and backend firm, the piece nobody sees. How do you do it to make customer experience so good that, you know, they're not seeing it, but they're feeling it in the front end. It was a wonderful time for me. I got to do three acquisitions as the head of M&A on the brokerage side for them too. And it, I really learned a lot and I credit a lot of what I know today based upon the time there. Lightspeed was my first real, uh, where I ran the entire business, uh, reporting to directly to investors, and, uh, and that was a lot of fun. And it, it really set me up to do this job now. And Voyager's a public company, uh, Lightspeed was a private company, but it, it taught me how to work with investors more directly. And so it was, it was a, and being able to build the business, you know, 10X in four years, uh, and learning how to scale was great. Wow, that's exciting. So right now, uh, Voyager's uh, public or getting ready to go public? We are, pub we are publicly traded on our main listing is on the Canadian Securities Exchange uh, okay. under the symbol the VYGVR. Uh, okay. We're also listed on the OTCQB market. So you, okay. can buy your, you can buy our stock VYGVF through your traditional online broker in the U.S. So. Uh, we're listed on both places. Uh, it, it makes for a lot of extra work for ourselves, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, and it's good for our employees. They get to see our stock every day and, and really know that as option holders, they're building something of real value that can be seen in the marketplace. Well, that's exciting. Good. That's excellent. Excellent work. Uh, so here's the question. What parallels do you see in the traditional asset markets with the new emerging digital asset market? Another 30, you know, if you had an hour, I could probably go on. Oh, we've, we've got time. We've got so, time. <laughs> but there's so many parallels, actually. Um, you know, the market structure was the first one I noticed where there's so many different marketplaces to execute crypto, which is effectively how the equity markets were in the late 90s when we had a lot of what they called ECNs, electronic communication networks, or ATSs, alternative trading systems. And they worked independently. There was not one best price and then regulation came in, uh, Reg NMS and National Best Bid Norfolk came in and, and kind of 
made one price. But crypto, you don't yet. Although I do see that coming. At some point, you're going to have a consolidated market and a consolidated tape when it comes to crypto. Uh, I also think that the ability for how you build the back of these systems and the books and records are very similar, although there's distinct differences. As you know, Bitcoin goes out multiple decimal places while uh, stocks and, and go out two decimal places. So there's right. a, there's a it's similar but different. Um, and then, you know, obviously how accounts get funded and how you move money is very similar between digital assets and traditional brokers. Uh, but again, I think one of the major change points of there is as we get more and more developed stable coins, you know, like the, the circle-based USDC, uh, and people start adopting those, you're going to move, move more towards digital digital currency, digital fiat, and that'll really help the adoption of crypto. So a lot of, lot of things are the same, but a lot of differences which are better for consumers down the line. Yeah. Well... Steve, maybe you can help us as the expert. Uh, I know there's a lot of people listening that don't know what the difference is between a stable coin and any old crypto coin. So maybe you can help with that. What is a stable coin and why is that important? Yeah, so a stable coin is backed by, uh, let's take uh, USDC, which is uh, the circle-based uh, stable coin. It's backed by US dollars and it's tied dollar, you know, it's, it's Dollar a dollar, it basically stays at, at one all the time. There's no volatility related to USDC. And so you can use it in any payment mechanism. And I know there's rails being built out for USDC. So it doesn't have any volatility. But meanwhile, Bitcoin, which you can use as a payment mechanism as well, has extreme volatility. And although it's been this day, you know, it's not as volatile as it once was, there is some volatility in that. Um, but when you look at the traditional, and one of the things that got me into to, crypto as well is, you know, when you go to make payments and you go to the bar or restaurant or wherever you want to go and spend your money, uh, nobody really uses greenbacks anymore. No one uses cash. Right. So effectively, it's a digital movement of money. And so the stable coin replaces that and makes it easier to move as well. So if I wanted to move stable coins from my account to some vendor I pay, that can happen instantaneously. But if, you want, if I want to pay a bill today for one of my vendors, I have to use the ACH system, that could take three to five days. And there's no reason for that. Right. So stable coins are, are really, I love the idea of stable coins, and I know there's now some against the euro, the yen. Uh, it'll make the movement of money easier for those people that don't want the volatility of a cryptocurrency. Yeah, well, good, good. And so uh, about Voyager, when if somebody wanted to open an account on the app, uh, is there a minimum amount of money that they need? No, actually, we uh, you know, our minimum is ten dollars, so very very small minimum uh, to open. Uh, you can actually go through the process today of downloading the app, uh, opening the account, going through our KYC as we're required, we're regulated uh, by FinCEN in the U.S., uh, so you're, we're a regulated entity. And you could actually get through the entire process and trade in two minutes or less. That's how quickly you do it. We give you, uh, we give you access to your funds uh, as you, you know, put it into the app, as you load your, your app, we give you your access to your funds immediately. We don't hold any of it. We don't wait for it to clear the bank over days. We give you access immediately. So you can buy your first crypto or just add on to your, your account in, in two minutes or less. Okay, that sounds, that sounds easy.
It, it is. We purposely did it that way. We'll get lots of people to download the app. All right. Do you hear that? Uh, <laughs> you, you know, uh, your app today. <laughs> shameless promo. We give. A, there's a lot of special deals we do with people. We love to uh, help you make your first Bitcoin pur purchase and uh, always look out. You know, and, and join our mailing list, and you'll get you'll get info on the new whatever the new referral program or promo is that we're running because uh, we want people to get adopted into crypto and we want to help them make that first step into investing into crypto. Well, that's good. That's good. And, and one question I hear a lot, you probably hear a lot is, well, why would I buy Bitcoin? Nothing's it's not tied to anything. What, what is it tied to? How do I know it's really worth what they say it's worth? And Look, I think uh, it's a great question that people have, but I think uh, it's as much a store of value these days uh, and doesn't really need a backing of anything. It's backed by all the nodes and all the, uh, the technology behind it and the use of by people. Uh, one thing I tend to say a lot is, you know, in some emerging markets and emerging countries where banking is not that stable, uh, the government's not that stable, Bitcoin has been adopted to, to a higher degree than the U.S., because people see they put $100 or 100 uh, of their currency, you know, Venezuelan dollars or whatever the currency is there, and it could be worth $60 in, in no short time. Uh, Bitcoin, therefore, becomes a store of value and a, their payment mechanism in a way that they hold their wealth. Um, U.S., we don't see that. We don't have banks fail. When banks failed in 2008, 2009, you know what happened. The government came in and wrote out checks. Uh, right. And we had TARP, you know, someone reminded me of the name of it the other day, the TARP program. And nobody, you know, nobody lost a dollar. So I think we'll see more adoption in the U.S., but it's, it is becoming a currency to be used in emerging markets and across the globe. And we see companies trying to, you know, delve into Africa because it's a popular market and it's something where they can use something like crypto. We'll see it adopted here more. And I think that's why people should look at it not take a singular U.S.-centric approach, but take a global approach. Right, right. Uh, so just your opinion. I hear all the time different terms because this is a whole new market. And so digital finance, digital assets, cryptocurrency, digital currency. What do you think what we're going to end up naming this market? Well, I think everything's going to go digital. I've sat with some big-time uh, well-known uh, mutual fund and advisory companies. Uh, I think the tokenization of all sorts of securities and products is coming. I think it's going to take long, you know, some, some time, maybe five plus years. So in the end, everything is going to be a digital asset. I think it's no cryptocurrency. Everything becomes a digital asset. And we're going to tokenize bonds. We're going to tokenize Securities, we're going to tokenize the option contract. Everything's going to be tokenized, so we're going to have a giant uh, digital asset market. That's the way I <laughs> Yeah, I think it's going to be financial technology uh, 2.0. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah I, I agree with you on that. I think there's, look, one of the other things I tend to say too is that, you know, I use this one as an example is that I think it was the second Friday in May when Uber went public. Oh. Uh, you know, I had Oscar Salazar in my office. Uh, right. We were watching it and we were doing some work and we were watching it and Uber was down like 10%. But that same Friday, I believe, Bitcoin started a, a run, uh, an upward trend. But if you wanted to sell your Uber and turn it into Bitcoin, you had to go through so many hoops and jumps, you would have missed the whole run for that week. 
So yeah. at some point, and we're working on solutions like this, is you can actually take your Bitcoin and convert it into stock or vice versa at a moment's notice. And that's when we really know we have an infrastructure that works from a global perspective. When people can actually use their assets in any way, shape, or form at any point in time when they want to. And that's where I see the whole vision of, of crypto and digital assets. Yeah. Well, and that's interesting too. We actually uh, met somebody who had created the button on QuickBooks so that you can add your crypto in as part of the books. <laughs> so, well, that's that's pretty neat. It is. It is. It's a new function that they're looking at. And uh, so, tell me about Voyager for 2020. What do you have in store? What's what's going on? What projects are you guys working on? Uh, we've got a lot. Uh, you know, we're, we're very active uh, in the M&A space, looking at, at companies that can actually, uh, that have product to consumers that fit well with our vision. Uh, in 2019, we bought a wallet called Ethos and the Universal Wallet, so we can actually uh, grow that side of the business. Uh, so we'll look at that, we'll be active in that space. Uh, public company gives us a currency we can do it with, uh, our public company stock. Uh, but we'll also look at adding products, uh, expanding internationally, uh, adding products like margin, uh, bank cards, uh, debit cards, all those things are what we're looking at, shorting of, of uh, digital assets, all those things we're looking at to add in 2020. Wow, wow, that's some good, so bank cards even. Yeah, we're looking at bank cards. We're, we're deep in conversations with, with different banks and payment providers on that. Uh, we think it's another entryway for people to come into uh, using crypto or funding their account through that way. So yeah, we're trying to make this system and make the our ecosystem as wide and broad as we can to take in more customers and give them the ability to use digital assets and crypto any way they want. So if I was to then have an account with Voyager, then I could be eligible for a bank card. Would that act like a prepaid credit card? It's 100% what we're looking at. Uh, okay. We'll launch that sometime in 2020. Uh, you know, there's always a lot of regulations to work through. Uh, sure. We're working through all those, but we, we believe at some time in 2020, we'll be able to offer that. All right. Well, that sounds good. Sounds like you have a lot of things in the, a lot of irons in the fire, a lot of projects that are going to go. Uh, so uh, I just want to ask your opinion then. What do you see the future of money? Use your money anytime. Uh, anywhere you want, uh, no conversion costs. I mean, I think it's it's your money. Like I said earlier, it's your money. If you if you own Microsoft stock and you want to go buy a car and want to liquidate that Microsoft stock, you should be able to do it and use that to pay for the car. Uh, so I think the future of money is very, it's a very tangible uh, and you can use it any point in time, whenever you want. Uh, and the digital assets, cryptocurrency is the first way to make that happen. The tokenization will come next and then everything becomes tangible. Well, that's good. Very fast transaction. Fast, easy transactions. Fast, it's your money, right? At the end of the day, it's your money. So right? you'll be able to be used or spent or transferred in any way, shape you want, when you want to do it and not take days or weeks sometimes to move money. Right. Uh, right now, there's several online. You're, you transfer money from one account mm -hmm. to another. It's taking 48 to 72 hours. Uh, so... Uh, with uh, cryptocurrency, we can eliminate that time. Try getting uh, a check uh, for your assets out of a broker dealer. Uh, that will take you some time because uh, it's the last thing broker dealers ever want is money leaving their system. Um, right. 
or try to move an account at, on a broker dealer from one to the other. If you want to move from one online broker to the other, that could take three weeks. Uh, these things shouldn't happen. It, it's, it shouldn't happen. It's your money, your assets. They should be able to move with you whenever you want to move. And, and that's changing. It's going to change. And it might take longer than we all think, uh, but it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see it happening. Definitely. So uh, with information moving so fast, of course, our money has to keep up with it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's money. Money will be totally digital and you'll be able to use it. Uh, and the information related to that, uh, you know, stock information, all that. I could see a stock market that's open 24 seven because why not? You know, it's a more stock market should become global. You know, there's right. no, there's no reason Apple or Microsoft isn't trading 24 seven. If there's a market for it, it'll happen. Right. And uh, right now with the crypto brokerages, uh, you see that happening. There's no time stop. There's no time stop. Yeah. It's a challenge uh, because, you know, you, you now have to staff and do that for 24 seven or be responsive that way. But it's a good thing. It's a good change. It's something we embrace and we're excited about, you know, having engagement with customers more than from nine to five every single day. Yeah. What do you think? Wall Street's going to follow suit? I think there's a lot of good projects being worked on <laughs> to help make the back ends more efficient. And once they can make them implement those, then you'll start seeing more change in this in, in the way Wall Street operates. Yeah. And having being a Wall Street veteran, you know, I think there's a lot of reasons that it should change. Yeah. Well, it's all good reasons. So yeah. Well, Steve, we've actually covered a lot and we've gone through our time. It goes so fast, doesn't it? Yeah, it does go. It does go. We were talking about beforehand, like wow. You know, it goes really fast and I really yeah. enjoy the time. So thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, well, thank you for joining us. I wanted to see if you had anything, any offer you'd like to share with our listeners about Voyager or yeah. I think, you know, as I, you know, as I said earlier in, in our interview is that uh, we're always having special promos. Uh, I think the one we have you know, right now, which seems to be one that we keep on quite often is open a Voyager account, fund your account with $100 and you get $25 of Bitcoin in your account. So we help you grow, you know, we help you grow your assets. And that's what we're here for. And I always tell people I speak to, whether it's conferences or interviews, our support lines are open 24 uh, seven. Email us anytime you have any questions about crypto or the markets, right. we're happy to answer them. Uh, and look forward to hearing from customers because they're the best gauge of how we're doing and giving us feedback. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Stephen, for being here and joining us and sharing all the wonderful information. Thank you, my friends, for joining us today, and we'll be in touch. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.